1: We want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it. And then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world.
0: Inducted into the Speaker Hall of
1: Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am excited about today's show. Look, if you want to know about ambition and how to be unapologetically ambitious and how you can go from the bottom to the top, how you can create a legacy, and how you can run a company and make it a massive success, then you want to listen to today's show, because I've got a bond burner for you. Well, you know I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds, and it's forced upon us. We can't refuse it. We didn't seek it. We didn't choose it, but it's up to us to use it. We must suffer if we lose it, give account if we abuse it. Oh, it's just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to have you on my my lifeline, this show, whether you're listening, whether you're listening on radio, whether you're listening on podcasts, however you are getting is whether you're viewing the new video version of it, whatever way you get it, we are grateful because we want to help you do more, be more and achieve more. We are grateful for your making time in your schedule. We thank you for that. You know, I start off with that minute, God's minute from Dr. Benjamin Mays, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor, who uh, also mentored me, even though I never met him personally and life, but I was mentored by him, by his books, his audios. I learned from him. I studied him. I gleaned from him and I grew. Now I am grateful for that minute. And I'm grateful for that God's minute. Cause you know, I start every show folks with that God's minute. Then I take a moment to give God some glory, to thank him for life and strength and health. I'm grateful for being here. You know, I'm grateful for friends and family and, and just the things that money can't buy. And so as much as we talk about wealth and health and, and wisdom, we want you to understand that there are some things you just got to be grateful for. So be grateful for every day above ground. And today I'm grateful. And I'm grateful this show is number one. I'm grateful for the people who come. I'm grateful for all of you, but I'm grateful most importantly for life. God's gift to us is life. Our gift to God is what we do with our lives. And I say, you must do something extraordinary because you can. So I thank God for life and strength and health, and I'm grateful for that. Then I want to thank our sponsor, Truist Bank. And I want to tell you, Truist Bank is committed to helping communities to grow all over this country. They are committed to helping you grow your financial security, your legacy, your literacy. So we want you to go and check out Truist Bank because they have a new podcast that's called Money and Mindset. It's a show to help you get financially literate. It's free. Go to Truist T-R-U-I-S-T dot com. T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Look up Money and Mindset. Or if you want podcast, you can get it on any of your podcast applications and you can look up the Money and Mindset show with Bright and Brian by Truist. Let me tell you, when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, truest bank. So I'm grateful for all of our guests and our friends and all of our blessings that that we have and all the things that we have been given. Now, let me tell you about my guests. I told you, unapologetically ambitious. That's the name of the book. It's become a bestseller. It's awesome. Let me tell you, it is an awesome book. I am telling you from firsthand experience, it was a blessing for me to read this book and say, wow, wow, wow. It just is an incredible, incredible, incredible asset to so many people, including moi. Now, let me tell you about this wonderful author of this book. Her name is Shelley Oshembaugh. Shelley Oshembaugh is an experienced CEO, board director with a track record of accomplishment, building brands, high-performance teams, organizations with over 30 years of experience in technology-leading organizations. She has been a frequent expert on CNBC, CNN, and and now on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show. She is also someone who has made exceptional success stories in her life. She has done this through her mindset. Her first book was uh, co-authored Marketing That Works, How Entrepreneurial Marketing Can Add Sustainable Profits to Any Size Company. But her new book, Unapologetically Ambitious, recounts how she overcame the challenges she faced as a young Black woman, a wife, a mother and managing her personal and her professional responsibilities while climbing the ranks of IBM and subsequently going on to become a CEO of a major tech company in Silicon Valley. Well, she has gone on to do great things. She turned that company around, built it into a powerhouse, and now she has been named one of the most influential African-Americans in IT by Business Insider. She is ranked one of the 100 most influential business leaders in America by Newsmax. And the same year received the NCWIT Simmons Innovator Award from the National Center for Women in Information Technology. This lady is a mover shaker, a groundbreaker, and a ceiling glass breaker. My friend, Shelly Ashimbo, it's such a beautiful name. Shelly, did I say it correctly? You did really well, Doctor oh, Willie. Ashimbo, that's right. Ashimbo, Shelly, Ashimbo. It's like <laughs> you got to do it like this when you say it. You gotta put your hands in the air and move them. Ashimbo. Well, I gave him the th- thumbnail sketch of who you are, where you came from. Please tell him the rest of the story and fill in the blanks of where you came from and your know, your background, please.
0: Oh, certainly. So you know, Willie, I always have to start with I'm the oldest of four. My parents were crazy. They had five children in less, I mean, four children in less than five years. Wow. Right. Wow. Gotcha. <laughs> um, my, my father didn't have a college degree. And so every time an opportunity came up, he took it, right, to improve mm-hmm. his lot, support this family. So we moved around a lot. I lived in seven states before I was in high school. Wow. Right. So I was always that new kid, if you will, on the block, new kid in the class. And because I was the oldest, I was the first one to, to break in. And some of those places we moved, you know, this is now the, you know, 60, you know, mid, mid, late 60s, early 70s. Some of the places we moved were not very diverse. You know, my parents bought, they tried to buy homes in places where they had the best public schools. Right. Um, and as a result, with all the stuff going on with civil rights, you um, just as many people were out there that didn't think there should be civil rights as there mm-hmm. were people who did think there should be civil rights. Right. And the a little black girl showing up in environments in which there weren't other black folks. I got the brunt of that. So I got bullied and beat up and just not treated very well as a kid. So I learned early in life that the odds just weren't in my favor. So if I wanted to achieve anything or do anything, I was going to have to figure out how to improve my odds. You know, you know, you come home, Dr. Willie, things happen to you as a kid and you say, mom, mom, you know, this happened and it's not fair. Um, my mom would say, you're right, Shelly, life's not fair. Right. It's like what? Life's supposed <laughs> to be fair. I mean, right. You get a turn. I get a turn. You get a lollipop. I get a lollipop. It's supposed to be fair. No, my parents are very clear. Life is not fair, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means you have to figure out what you're going to do about it and be intentional. Mm. So I've lived my whole life with that view.
1: Be intentional. Folks, that's a powerful tip right there. How important it is to be intentional. Now, when you read the book, you'll see how her parents influence her intentional thinking, but also you had an experience with a Uh, career counselor in high school that had a powerful impact on your life, which is different from our friend, Daphne Jones, who Daphne, her career counselor told her that you should become a secretary. Your career counselor told you to think about what you wanted to do. And you said,
0: I said, I had no idea what I wanted to do. (laughs) I just knew it was all about college because my, my school, my, my home. It was all about education. So I knew I was going to college. Yes. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be able to keep the thermostat at 72 degrees, right? I wanted to be able to eat out at press That restaurant. was so
1: funny. She said, I just wanted to be warm because her mama just said, look, we, we counting the pennies and we keep put a sweater on. And she <laughs> said, all I want to do is get a job. I'm warm. But That's but perfect. there was one more thing that I pulled out and I gleaned out He said, and I want to run something. I want, I want to run something. I want to be in, I want to be running some enterprise. Now she didn't have the, the, the wherewithal at that point to know all the details, but she knew I want to run something. Wow. Because my guidance
0: counselor told me that, you know, clubs, you know, the school clubs, the French club, American field service, national honor society clubs are like business. You pull people together and get things done. And that's why I said, Oh, I love clubs, so I'll go into business, and I like running these clubs, so I'll go run a business. But you're right. Did I know what that meant, Dr. Will? Right. I have no idea what that actually meant, but now at least I had a goal, and so I spent my career going after that goal.
1: Wow. Well, you you went after the goal, and you detail the, the lessons you learned, you detail the projections you made and the decisions you made and how you made them one of the things you say early on in the book book, is how important it is to plan and how how important it is to to kind of chart a a path and follow the path and so you talk about that and what I want to say about this we have a lot of folks on who are entrepreneurs you really do talk about the 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 living in the process or the getting in the flow of the corporate stream and how people go up the corporate ladder with some sometimes without a plan or a mentor and they struggle. What you did was to detail how to effectively go up that corporate ladder and not only go up it, but to scale it and to win as you go up, so you you go you go to the counselor. She gives you that information. She she gives you that direction. You go to college. Well, which college did you go to again?
0: I went to Wharton at the University. That's right.
1: Oh, that's right. Because you you said some another thinking. You know intentionality. She said once I figured out, and you can conf- you can confirm if I'm right. Once I figured out, I wanted to run something. I had the choice of going to a college, a regular college, and then going to Wharton or business school later. But there was she she did. She was wise enough to look and say Wharton also had for some an opportunity to go to the undergrads. I never knew that all these years. I never knew Wharton had an undergrad program. I thought Mm -hmm. they were only the business school. So you said I can do all of it boom, in what, four or five years or something in like four that?
0: Four years, four years, instead of having to spend an extra two years getting my MBA, that's right.
1: Wow, wow, so she did. Now your dad worked with IBM, is that correct?
0: He did, so, he did. He started out fixing typewriters at IBM.
1: Wow, and so she was able to intern in the summers while she was at college at IBM. And as a result of that, got into the practice. Process of understanding the corporate life and the corporate structure. Is that correct?
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. And
1: so, and so you then started up the, the the ladder. Now there were challenges. There were a lot of challenges. Tell us some of the challenges and how you overcame them. In fact, before we get there, we're going. We, I want to take one more second to tell people how profoundly impactful it is. Because I want her to have time to go through these points, but I want you to understand what she helps you to do in this book capitalize on the power of planning, because planning is so incredibly important. And I want us to dig into that in the next segment a little more and how to plan and why to plan and why people should plan and then develop financial literacy. Now, this is what we really got to dig into and then build your network, which we all talk about often here and this, and then in dismantle the imposter syndrome. You talk about that quite a bit in the book. This is a fantastic book by Shelly Ashimbo, and it's called Unapologetically Ambitious. You're going to want to get copies of this for your family and your friends and your team. So we'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, for sure, for sure, your best it cut, it cut, it cut, is yet to come. It we'll it be right it back. It cut, it cut the phone and just- Friendship is call not about being me. convenient. Call, call, call it's about being me. Call committed call and consistent. Me. Call me. You can call on me when you need me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Call Pick up the phone. You can call and call on me. me.
0: Are you ready to revolutionize
1: your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert. And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money & Mindset with Bright & Brian, a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the
0: relationship between your money, your mindset, and your well-being.
1: Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast. Wherever you're listening to it, wherever you're listening to it, whether on the radio or on the podcast, I'm so grateful for you. And I ask you to do me a favor. Tell other people about it. Tell your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your peers, tell people you should be listening to the Willy Jolly Wealthy Way show because he really does focus on helping you grow your wealth, helping you grow your long term generational wealth. Not just this, you know, uh, leave them a, a, a few dollars in the bank Well, or some people leave uh, uh, no will but a bill. We don't want that. We want you to leave them some real generational wealth. So how do you do it? That's why I bring these guests on. I go and find the best and the brightest all over the world to bring on to you. So tell your friends about it, tell your coworkers about it, tell your family members about it. And y'all make it a point to go to the uh, uh, podcast and subscribe. So you'll get alerts when we have a new one dropping. Also, I'm encouraging everybody to go to winwithwilly.com. Win with Willie.com. That's our big site where we have all our minor or or, or other sites. We have my my faith-based site. We have our youth motivation site. We have our marriage site. We have our music site. We have our corporate site. We have our personal development site. We have something for everybody On that site. So go and go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com. And then I also want to give a shout out to High Point University, where I've recently been named an artist in residence, uh, the personal development expert for the artist in residence program. I joined Steve Wozniak from, from Apple and John Maxwell and the founder of Netflix and others who are personal development experts as well as artists in residence. So join me there at High Point University and come check out the campus. It's a beautiful campus with my friend, Dr. Nido Cobain is the president and one of the most effective and powerful presidents in America. So High Point University in High Point, North Carolina. Well, my guest today is Shelly Ashimbo. She is one of the most powerful corporate executives in America, African-American woman who raised a netherless standard of excellence for corporate leadership. And she has been lauded. She has a new book called Unapologetically Ambitious. Unapologetically Ambitious. And I'm telling you, it is awesome. So Shelly, welcome to the show again. And uh, let me tell you one more thing about this book, folks. It's not just a business book. It's a love story. (laughs) <laughs> it's a love story. It really is. But let's talk a little bit about the things that you talk about capitalizing on the power of planning. You are big on planning. Talk about planning. Well, first, why should people do it? And then how should they do it?
0: Right. So first of all, I find planning to be extremely important because it helps you improve your odds of, frankly, getting what you want or mm. making happen what you want happen. So, I think about planning as like the biggest tool you have to be able to propel yourself forward. And the way I do it is I look and say, all right, what is it I want to achieve, to create, or to impact? Mm-hmm. Right? What is it? So, that's kind of your goal. So, I wanted to be a CEO. We talked about that in the last segment, right? I wanted to be a CEO. Well, do I know how I become a CEO? The answer is no. So, the questions I ask myself is, what is it I want to do? I want to be a CEO. What has to be true for me to be a CEO? Mm. I typically don't know what has to be true, which means I have to go do my homework, Dr. Willie, right? Mm. I have to go do the research. So who are the CEOs? What were their backgrounds? What kind of education? What kind of experiences? What are their lives like? All those kinds of things. And I did the work. And in doing the work, it's like, okay, this is back in the early 80s. I didn't see CEOs that looked like me. There weren't female CEOs. I didn't see black CEOs or any kind of color, right, in terms of CEOs. Right. And I'm like, all right. And that means that I know the odds are not in my favor. So I need to have the best credential I can possibly have, right, which is why I went to Wharton. And then I've got to make sure that I have the skills they want. So I wanted to join IBM. Every CEO at IBM started out in sales. Wow. So I didn't know why that was important. But I figured that had to be the start of the path to power. So I said, all right, I need to start IBM in sales, which was frankly not obvious. I mean, everybody coming out of Wharton, they don't go be salespeople of computers, right? They go be investment bankers and all kinds of things. People thought I was crazy. But I didn't know I was important, but I figured it was. And I'll tell you what, side note on that, I, to this day, use more skills that I learned in sales than any other role I've had. Wow. Wow. Right I think everybody should take a stint in sales because you learn you learn that a no doesn't mean no it just means not now or something's not right right which means you can figure out how to make it right mm. um, right you learn how to read the room you know how to you learn how to negotiate win win right environment you learn how to leverage and use other resources to help make happen what you need happen i mean all of these things are skills that you use forever in all aspects of your life so For me, planning is just doing the work. What do you want? What has to be true for you to have it? And then how do you make it true becomes your plan. And then Mm. once you have your plan, here's the key. A lot of people set goals. And some people take the time to try to figure out a plan. But what I find, Dr. Willie, is very few people make decisions every day consistent with their plan.
1: Wow.
0: And that's where the power is. That's how you improve your odds, right? Can I tell a quick example of what I mean Absolutely, by that?
1: Absolutely, please.
0: Okay, so making decisions every day. And this will tie into some of the financial flexibility because I know we have people at all stages, right? right? Well, I knew that I wanted to be CEO. I knew that I wanted to get married early if I could. And I knew I wanted to have kids, right? right. If I could. So when I finally met my husband and we're starting to talk about marriage and we decided to get engaged, first thing we did, on my impetus was we created a budget, right? Mm. We aren't even married yet,
1: mm. but it's
0: like, listen, we need good childcare because how am I going to be successful if I want kids and I want a career? So we created a budget where the first line item of the budget was childcare. Wow. First line item. Did no reason-
1: children here yet. No, no not children. Even married yet. Not, not, married, not married, no, no children. children. Not
0: married, right? But listen, I knew that that was critical. So- wow child care and then everything else came after it and what did that mean when we got married right first of all we had money saved up in terms of ready to help us but we got a nanny mm. I know this is having a nanny I'm in my 20s who has nannies but we had we lived way out we bought used cars usually when you graduate from college you get the first shiny new car you get a great apartment right and what happens is all of your expenses are fixed mm. and then you go get married have kids it's like you don't have any money To give you the support that you need so that's what I mean when I say make decisions I was making decisions way ahead of when I needed them but what that does is it allows you to get lucky when the baby comes you have resources to be able to provide the care you need
1: wow you know that is such a different way of thinking I mean it really is I don't know where did you I mean did you now your mama was a, just a superstar. I mean, you tell very clearly about your mother and your grandmother, but where did you get that kind of thinking to think so way out? Okay. So to, to, to forecast so far out, what, where, where did that come from? How did you develop that?
0: Yeah. Where it came from was, I'll tell you, uh, really came from my mother. Mm. So, you know, in my family, I told you I was the oldest. Yes. And we didn't have a lot of resources. And so we all was
1: a a, a homemaker.
0: Yeah, mom was right. Mom would stay at home. Dad worked. um, And we all had chores, right? And one day I am doing the dishes. It's my turn to do the dishes, right? I'm doing the dishes. I'm washing everything up and I start washing this pie plate. Now you have to understand my mother worked so hard, she made all of our clothes. Mm. All right. She made, we didn't eat out. So she, all home food was home cooked. We had a dessert. I'm cleaning this pie plate. We had a dessert every night. And then she got us to our appointments. She did. I mean, she was in the PTA. I, I rarely saw my mother sleep. All right. Mm. She's the last one to bed and the first one a week. And I'm washing this pie plate. And I'm remembering, you know, mom cut the pie for dessert. And then we all reached in, right. All six of us, right. Reach in and try to grab the biggest piece. What does that mean? My mother got the smallest piece. Mm. Washing this pie plate. And I'm going, you know what? I am not. I'm like 14 years old or something. I'm like, I am not willing to work as hard as my mother works, make the pie, and then get the smallest piece. Right. I'm mm. like, this is ridiculous. So I went to my mom and I finished the kitchen. I said, Mom, I've decided I am not having kids. And she said, What? What do you mean? I said, I am not willing to work as hard as you work, make the dinner, make the dessert, and then get the smallest piece. I said, What is this all about? Right. And she said, Shelly, sit down. She said, I don't care about that pie. She said, I have everything that I care about. The key in life is to decide what you care about. Wow. Put your focus and priority on that and let go of the rest. Wow. Now, Willie, Willie, wait, listen, fast forward a few years. My mom bought a horse. A horse. And I just told you we didn't have money. I just right. told you she made all of our clothes because it's cheaper to buy fabric than my clothes. She did all. Why was she doing that the whole time? The whole time she was married, she was squirreling away, little bits of money, little bits of money, because her dream was to have a horse. So what I learned through example was the power of planning. She'd been planning that since probably before we were born, right? Squirreling away, little money, squirreling away, money. that's why she worked so hard. That's why she made all of our dinners. That's why we didn't eat out, because she was saving money for college and for her horse.
1: Wow. Wow, what a great example of planning and being willing to have the discipline.
0: Right, it's all about trade-offs.
1: And I use the word discipline specifically. I have a new book coming out called Rich is Good, Wealthy is Better. And mm-hmm. in the book, I talk about the fact that if you're gonna have success in any area of your life, it's gonna take discipline. It's gonna it's going to have to take discipline to have financial wealth generation, yeah. it's going to have, to have discipline to have good health uh, and, and and not not eat everything you want or drink everything you want. It's going to take discipline to not say everything you want and create great relationships and and not say everything you think It's going to take discipline for you to have a great reputation in the marketplace because you are, are willing to be able to consistently not always get your way but to do what takes the winning mindset and finally discipline to have intellectual capital that you're willing to do the work to read the books to, to do the study just like you were you were willing to go to Wharton, you were willing to intern because it takes discipline well you you were able to discipline and you were able to change your life and you were able to to Also meet your husband. Now, folks, y'all got to hear this story. You got to hear this story. And I already have shared it with my son about how you choose a great mate. Mm, This is good. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back. Similar messages, and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com/shop. wjspeaks.com/shop The videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast around the world. We are grateful for all of you. And we're grateful for our sponsor partner, Truist Bank. Truist believes that better lives and communities begin with care. That includes caring a lot about the well-being of their clients. Let me tell you what that means. Truist is interested, really interested in improving the connection between your finances and your personal well-being. So they have launched a Great resource called Money and Mindset. It's an online resource that helps you build financial confidence and literacy with a healthier mindset about the money. I've spent time with Money and Mindset. I was a guest on that show, and it's the real deal. One good takeaway I found that when you're on top of your finances, you can enjoy benefits beyond reaching goals. Think about reducing overall stress or feeling greater reassurance, knowing that you're better prepared for a financial challenge should it come your way. There's also a podcast for those of you who love the podcast mindset. So, Look at it and go check it out at truest.com. Check it out on your podcast, Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. Brought to you by Truist G-R-U-I-S-T. When you start with care, when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. Truist. My special guest is Shelly Ashambeau. She is the author of the book Unapologetically Ambitious. And let me tell you, all of y'all should go get. Not a copy, not a couple copies, a lot of copies. And you want to get them for your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, and you want to get them for people who also not just want to hear a great business strategy about planning and and overcoming challenges and winning, but about a love story. I got to start with that. Let's start with that, Shelly, the love story. What a powerful love story. Uh, folks, this is a love story that is not traditional. It's really not traditional. So why don't you, I don't want to take the, the grandeur from this, uh, Shelley. I'm going to let you explain how, as an intern, this gentleman came up to you and started talking to you, developed a <laughs> please tell the story
0: <laughs> okay I'll be happy to tell the story so you know first of all I talked about setting goals right and I said yeah. I want to be a CEO I wanted to get married um ideally earlier but versus later because I wanted to have kids so I actually took the time to think about what is it I wanted in a life partner because mm. I wanted a long-term marriage yes and So I had this little list of the things that I thought I needed and I wanted a life partner. All right. So with that as a backdrop, I'm working as an intern, as you said, they have a event, kind of a boathouse party, they call it at one of the crew houses where somebody's celebrating something. There's a DJ and the whole bit. So I went and I'm meeting this guy and we're doing a lot of dancing. And afterwards, he asked me out um, to go to the follow on party at this club, which we go do, but nobody else shows up. Anyway, long story short, he drops me home and then he tells me he'd love to see me again. He'd like to take me on a date. And I looked at him and said, how old are you? He was 38 years old.
1: And you were?
0: And I was 20. And I said to him, nope, sorry, you're too old for me. Can't do it, right? And he was like, what? What are you talking about? But I said, nope, 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 right, done. Every day I'm in the office. This man that I never saw in the office because he worked in a different area all of a sudden is walking by my desk, right? Every time talking me up, chatting me up the whole bit. And he's he's good looking and he's funny and he's smart and the whole bit. And he's obviously starting to get to me. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna get him out of my system. I'll go out once or twice. I'll figure out what's wrong with him and then I'll be done. Right. Well, that never happened. Mm. This man gets ready to ask me to marry him. And I could tell we're getting close. My mom's like, Shelly, he's probably gonna ask you. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And there was one thing, Willie, that was on my list that I hadn't validated yet and that I had to validate. And so we're sitting in the car after one of our dates and I say to him, you know, we've talked about it. I want kids. And he said, yep, I want kids. I said, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom and that was wonderful. And I'm willing to make the trade-offs." So that someone could stay home with the kids for, while well, the kids are growing up. And he said, well, you know, my mom worked, but she tried to arrange her schedule. So she was home. So he said, I'm willing to make that kind of trade-off. And I said, okay, I just don't want to be the one to stay home. Wow.
1: Hold oh, on. Stop there for a second. Stop the present. Okay. I want somebody to stay home. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and and, and with the raised kids. Oh, yeah, I'm with that. And uh, Oh, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said,
0: and he said, silence, silence. He's thinking, he's thinking, and I didn't say a word. I'm just sitting there waiting, fingers crossed. And he says, Shelly, I've worked my whole life. I've been working since I was 12 years old. He said, I like to work, but I could do that for
1: you. Wow. And he did.
0: And he did. And he asked me to marry him about two weeks later. And uh, sure enough, you know, first when we had kids, he was working, and the kids went to, you know, they were little; they went to little infant care. We used nannies initially, mm-hmm. um, and then once they started school, that's when he started staying home. Wow! So yes, he absolutely did do that. We were we were partners. We treated, you know, my career wasn't my career; it was like our career. Well, we were working towards something together.
1: Do out the book. She talks about something we've talked about here on the show often, the importance of having cheerleaders. You know, the home team wins because the cheerleaders are cheering you on, are saying, you can do it. You can do it. Go, go, go. Be aggressive. Go after And that's what he became, her partner, her confidant, her cheerleader, her advisor. And it was a tremendous asset to not only her success as a a business leader but as a corporate executive and so uh his name was scotty and and so folks i'll just give you the, the the end of the story uh they they had a tremendous marriage i think almost 35 years that's right and uh he he was well they moved she went to japan they i mean he she she commuted from california to dallas i believe it was yeah. and he took care of kids wife and so they had a great marriage um, but life happened. Life happened, and he was diagnosed with an incurable um, blood yeah. cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he fought, and y'all fought, and mm-hmm. fought a good fight. And 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 the book is so profound. How she ends the book, he's still alive. But then she adds the, the rest of the story, uh, one more chapter at the end of the book, and said he passed. And uh, it was it was tough. It was challenging. But her memories. And her gratitude over overtook her grief. I like to tell people, I, 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 you know, my background folks who don't know is I have a doctorate in theology. So I'm not a preacher, but I am a person of great faith. And I tell people when someone passes, and including someone close to me, I just eulogized recently at one of my dear friends. I said, you know, when I got the call, I had to make a decision. I had to decide, am I going to curse? Because a rose bush has thorns, or am I going to celebrate because a thorn bush has roses? Am I going to curse because they're gone, or celebrate because they came my way? And when I sift my thinking, I reframe my attitude. I am grateful. And I changed my attitude. I said, thank you, God, for bringing them in my life. So that's what you did. And you talked about it so wonderfully in the book, Shelly. I just had to applaud that because uh, my wife and I have a, a popular marriage book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, that uh, we've been married going on 40 years, haven't had an argument in 35 years. And, 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 and we tell people that it's, it's possible. But that was such a powerful story. I want to encourage every uh, woman in corporate America. To get this book, every woman in corporate America needs to read this book because it gives you a framework, how to make sure you make a wise choice and you separate the prospects from the suspects. Come on, somebody. okay all right so that's great love story folks now let's talk about the imposter syndrome uh uh, shelly the imposter syndrome because you talk about that and we hear that kind kind of over and over but tell us what it is and how to overcome it
0: absolutely well i can tell you what it is and i can tell you how to deal with it i don't think i can tell you how to overcome it because frankly i still suffer from it from time to time i've had my whole life which is ridiculous but what it is is it's that little voice whenever you get something new somebody's invited you to join a new group or asked you to speak or offered you a promotion or a new set of responsibilities, right? Something that's new where you're entering things that you haven't done before. And all of a sudden that little voice starts creeping up into your head that says, wait till they figure out that you're not as smart as they think you are. Mm. Wait till they learn that you don't know everything that they think you know. Wait till they find out. It's this voice that tells you that, you know, maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're going to fail. It's that voice that reminds you of all the fears and insecurities and everything else you have. It's that voice. Yes. And when that voice comes into your head, it is loud and it wants to stop you, right? From doing anything. Cause you're thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this that's that voice, right? Mm. That's That voice. And what I'll tell you is in doing the research, it turns out that just about everyone suffers from imposter syndrome, from hearing this voice Mm -hmm. at some point or other, right? Women more so than men, and frankly, women of color the most. Wow. All right. Now, I think it's because we live in a very judgmental world, but regardless of why it's the case. The fact that everybody just about feels it at some point or other says it's not you, right? It's kind of in the air. If everybody suffers from it, it's kind of in the air. It's like TV. And what happens when you watch something that's scary? You turn the thing off, right? right? Voice, the first thing you try to do is turn it off. It's not real. You're hearing it, right? But everybody hears it. It's not you, right? Turn that thing off. And if that doesn't work, then remind yourself, you would only be invited into the group asked to speak. Offered the promotion, at, you know, given the additional responsibilities. If somebody else thought that you could do it yes. and that you have the capability, so yes. if you not believe in yourself, believe them when they offer it to you, right? Yes. Now, if that doesn't work, then fake it. Mm-hmm. Fake the confidence, right? Just fake the confidence because here's the thing: if you think about it, you always figure out how to get it done. Amen always figure out how to deal with it. Eventually, yes. you figure it out. So give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Say, all right, I don't know exactly, but I'm going to figure it out because I always have. Right? So shoulders back, right? Head up, walk in with confidence until you know what you're doing because eventually wow. you figure it out. Now, if that doesn't work, you're still not able to move forward. Then it's the cheerleaders. Then it's reaching out to people who will remind you of all that you can do, who will shore you up, who will give you that support so that you can keep moving forward. Because <clears throat> whatever you do, right, don't let it stop you. Just keep moving forward.
1: I love that. I love it. In my speeches, I tell a story about when I did not think I was good enough as a speaker and I was being lauded as one of the top speakers, but I didn't believe it. I wasn't confident. And there was a photographer who wanted to put me in a picture with Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and said, You two. Uh, You three are the greatest speakers I've ever heard. I said, what? I don't belong in that picture. Those are the great ones. Les Brown, Zig Ziglar. He said, get in the picture. I said, no, get in the picture. No, get in the picture. He kept pushing me to get in the picture. I got in the picture. He took the picture. it has gone to become the three great motivators picture. But what I learned 20 years later, I realized that if he hadn't pushed me to that, I would not have been asked to replace Ziglar when he passed away on the Get Motivated tour. And I learned that this secret is true sometimes you got to go on somebody else's belief in you till yours oh. kicks in till oh. yours kicks in we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back with shelly ashimbo and we got more because she's going to talk about financial literacy and how you can become wealthy because that's what we want you to become generational wealth and you're going to learn that from this interview this is dr willie jolly on the willie jolly wealthy way show and for sure your best is still yet to come we'll be right back And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast with my special guest, Shelley Archambault, the author of the brand new incredible book, Unapologetically Ambitious, Take Risk, Break Barriers and Create Success on Your Own Terms. And it includes a bonus personal planning guide. Where can they get the book? The good news is they can get it anywhere. They can get Barnes & Noble,
0: Amazon.com, your local bookstore. So it's out there and easily available.
1: Fantastic. And now you're a board director. You're on Verizon's board and other boards. You're also a well-in-demand speaker to come and speak for organizations. And also you have maybe consulting opportunities. Where can people reach this lady named Shelly R. Chambeau? Where do they <laughs> reach her? How do they get in touch and say, we need you to come speak for us? <laughs> you can find me at
0: www.shelly.com.
1: Everything I love that. S H E L L Y E. That's right. Tom, that's, that's smart. Right. You must have been in tech somewhere. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> You'd you figured out how to make this easy, okay? <laughs> Shelley. S H E L L Y E. Dot com. Y'all go and check her out and just get you'll see some of her works, some of her resources, some of the things she can help you with because she wants you to be successful. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about financial literacy and wealth creation, Shelley. Let's talk about that a bit, because in the corporate sphere, at one point, as you talk about in the book, y'all didn't have much money. You were the only breadwinner. You had these. Two children by this time. Your husband was, uh, was he retired at that point? Oh, uh,
0: yes, he retired. He retired early, so he. Could- right, so
1: he had a retire. He was on fixed income. Okay, <laughs> fixed income, and 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 y'all, you, as you said, bought old cars. Yeah, lived further out so you could you could get a better bang for your buck. Uh, what are the secrets to creating a wealth mindset and for creating? a legacy that can be established so that your children's children can have an, uh, have a, a, a benefit from what you've done?
0: Yeah. So the first step is just taking the long view, making sure that your financial plan equals your personal and professional plan, mm. right? I mean, so if you have these goals for yourself, you have to make sure that the financials line up and match it. Mm. A lot of people don't take the time to do that. If I want to become a CEO, if I want to be the ability for my husband to stay home and for me work, well, it means I've got to make sure that as I'm going along, I'm not creating fixed costs that yeah. I can't pay for, right? With one salary and all by myself. Right. You have to decide it early, right? So that you have financial flexibility. The other thing is to realize that every time you spend money today, that's money that you're not investing for the future. Wow. So, when you, so when you go to buy the $120 pair of shoes, just yes. realize that the $120 is not $120. If you took that $120 and actually invested it, right? Yes. In 10 years, that $120, right, is actually significantly more. So right. would you be willing to spend $350 for that pair of shoes, right? The way to think about it is what is the future cost Wow. Right? of what it is that I'm spending and is it worth it? versus what it would be worth if i set it aside so it's taking that long term view because building wealth is about number 1 compounding
1: yes the, all the,
0: about compounding
1: the miracle of compound interest go ahead
0: exactly exactly so that's number 1 and then number 2 is building the skills and capabilities that are demand that are in demand so that people will not only pay you what you're worth as you're going forward but will give you opportunities that are involved not just payment but equity yes because when you can get the access to equity right and that i mean shares of stock whether those are options restricted shares whatever right that gives you the ability to earn again in another way that again adds wealth in terms of over time so yes all of those things and if you want to create a business that's definitely a way to earn wealth as long as you're doing it Right. In a way in which you are making sure that you are making a better return right on the dollars that you are investing to go forward. But all of these things are about taking the long term view, not the short term view,
1: the long term view, being willing to live below your means, being willing to uh, put off uh, 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 instant gratification. Uh, overcome the temptation, as I write in the book. Overcome the temptation of instant gratification. It's like a siren song. I want it now. Well, you know what? I got to put it off. And goes back to what we earlier said: discipline. Okay, Shelly, you're coming to D.C. to give a speech. I you call me. You say Willie. I, you call me on my cell phone. You say Willie, I'm coming to D.C. Uh, I want to get together. I say sure. D and I will come pick you up, and we'll have and we'll have lunch, and, and we go have lunch, and then we go over to Howard University, and we go into a business class and they are young, wannabe corporate execs, CEOs, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, they're sitting in there gleaming, waiting for your words of wisdom. Tell them a, co- tell them a couple, you got us. You got it. If you're going to be a success in business and a life, here's some things you got to do.
0: Okay. Number one, own your career. Woo. Own own your career. You own it. Not your boss, not your mentor, not your parents, not your friends. You do, right? You would never go out, save all your money for a fantastic trip, spend a $1,000 or so for an airline ticket, right? Pack your bags, head to the airport, strap in that seatbelt, and then look at the pilot and say, so where are we going anyway? Mm, right? Wow. You wouldn't do it. So, we right. do it with our careers all the time. Yes. We invest money and education, right? And training and a whole bit. We put our heads down, we work hard, and then we wait for somebody to tap us on the shoulder and say, Oh, you can go do this now. Okay. You can go do that now. Okay. No, no. You own your career. Decide what skills, what experiences, what you want, and right. then go after that.
1: Yes. I love that. I love that. Own your for career. Two?
0: Can I give you number two? People spend less time thinking about you than you think they do. Wow. So it's important that you make sure that people know what you actually do. Mm -hmm. You you meet people all the time and you'll say, oh, what do you do? And somebody will say, oh, I'm the director of operations for XYZ company. Dr. Willie, do you have any idea what they actually do? No. No. You have no idea the skills, nothing, right? No, no, no. You want to tell people what they do. 30 seconds. Oh, I'm the director of operations for XYZ. I'm responsible for our East Coast division, all the supply chain, all of our suppliers, the relationship, blah, 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 right? Yes. Now, why do I do that? Because now in 30 seconds, you now know what my skills are. Yes. you one day of an opportunity. You know, we're looking for somebody who knows something about managing supply chain and building out regional, blah, 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 blah. And they will say, oh, oh, Shelly, Shelly does that, Right. right? Right. The way people know about you, know your skills, and therefore can offer you new opportunities is if they know what you actually are capable of doing. So don't introduce yourself by your title. Titles are meaningless. As wow. much as you fight for them, they are meaningless outside of your division. Because even in a company, a title means different things. Wow. So make sure people know what you do.
1: Wow. Own your career let people know what you're doing what i when i tell people is tell them the outcomes that you create that you you're the results because you're about results you're about outcomes and so this is powerful profound and powerful well last question is how do you now encourage young people in the corporate sphere to be excellent What are the things that you say here are what you should do through the book? I've got it earmarked. I've got so many things that I have just made notes of, like a success begins with figuring out what you want, then making the choice that you how to get there. You notice I use the word choice a lot. You do. And then I also have in here, uh, this is a second. Why guess how to get from point A to point B when you can just ask somebody while doing who's done it before? So you big on mentorship.
0: I am big on mentorship, but I'm bigger on asking for help. Mm. You no, know, asking for help is a strength. Wow. It is not a weakness. Mm. Nobody, nobody, nobody does anything of significance in this world all by themselves. No one. So don't think you're going to be the first person on the planet to do it. Wow. Take you know, I find if you ask people in the right way, most people are actually willing to be helpful. So use it. There's no reason to learn every single mistake, every single challenge, all by yourself. Right?
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And, 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 and ask for help. Les Brown says it like this. Asking for help does not make you weak. It helps to keep you strong. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Well, you've, you talk about sales. I've, you've talked about that. You talk about taking risk. Be willing to take calculated risk. You talk about, don't think about how to make yourself look good. Think about how you make everyone else's job easier. Work with people by helping them. Make it so that after 30 days, they're wondering how they ever managed without you. Ooh, this is so good. In my book, uh, An Attitude of Excellence, I say, you should make a point to look for, as Dr. Stephen Covey told me when I was backstage with him when we were speaking in Sydney, Australia. Brother Willie, if you help enough people get the jobs and success that they want, they start to look at you and say, we want you more. We want you more. Am I right about it? Win-win.
0: Absolutely. That's why I believe asking for help and giving help are so, so powerful.
1: Wow. Wow. Shelly R. Shambo. Folks, go to Shelly. Spell it one more time for me, Shelly. dot ecom this is one of the interviews that y'all gonna to wanna to listen to over and over again. You're gonna to wanna to share with your friends. Go get the book. It's called Unapologetically Ambitious. Get one for everybody you can who's going up the ladder. And if you want a great love story, you're gonna want this book. This is a book that will change your life. And remember that I want you to support her and I want you to support our sponsor, Truist Bank. They've been such good partners go to truist.com. check out their money and mindset podcast money and mindset podcast with Brighton Brian, and also check out the other resources they have to help you grow your wealth and get you established financially. You'll be glad you did, because when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. And then I want everybody to go to winwithwilly.com. You'll see my song, We'll Get Through This, that I did when the pandemic was at the highest point. People around the globe have said it changed their lives. You'll hear me sing in, in, in that song. You'll see my my speech from the uh joseph r biden presidential lifetime achievement award where i talked about you got a lead you got a feed you got a seed you'll see my ted talk i want everybody to watch my ted talk with my wife d on how to never ever argue again in marriage and then you'll get some resources go to winwithwilly.com winwithwilly.com for resources to help you win more and remember the folks that your best is still yet to come. So make the most of it. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. Your best is yet to come and know I love you and God does too. Have a great day on purpose. Tired of and well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode, and I hope you got something of great value. And I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered, and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more, and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program, and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift.